Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of The Word Affairs. It has been so long since I've uploaded an episode and I am very sorry about that, but university deadlines were literally like one on top of the other on my head um, and I've just like basically I did like one of my main deadlines um, just today like I submitted it and everything and alhamdulillah I feel a lot better like I, I feel like the burden has lifted off my chest um, and yeah one of those deadlines was my uh, dissertation so I'm so so glad I got that done alhamdulillah I'm so happy Um the thing with the dissertation is that I know for a lot of universities they weren't expecting the students to have done the dis- their dissertations till about May or June perhaps a friend of mine um at the university she's at they they they're doing their dissertation and I think it's due in like in May and when she told me this I was so shocked because ours was due in um I think it was yesterday yeah ours was doing yesterday basically so the 25th of March um and I got mine done for the day before but I was so shocked because I thought to myself that's literally a difference of like two months but I mean our university did say to us that the reason they'd done that was so that we could just focus on the content you know in the next two months for the exams I mean if you know yourself biomedicine and just biomedical sciences and you know anything biology related it's very very heavy content based it's very exam based so I was talking about this to my friends yesterday and I was like oh guys like you know how many exams do we have and um, I have four exams by the way so um, I think in May I've got four exams and my friend my best friend who's architecture she um, has I think one exam she has one exam and you know but but to be fair there's this very very heavy coursework stuff and it is so hard like it is very critical I've seen the type of stuff like that they have to do and the technology and software that they have to use and it's just so intense um, and then my other best friend she does uh, forensic science and I think she has like two exams and like a whole lot of assessments so I was just like damn that is so insane like I've got four exams but I'm gonna be honest with you if, I, if I'm being honest right now I literally have dedicated the past few weeks to my dissertation which meant that here and there um, I have not been doing lectures and I have a lot to be catching up on, but I will get it done, inshallah. I always get it done. So um, it shouldn't be too much of a problem, but it's fine. We've got loads of time. And then obviously we've got Ramadan coming up and I am so excited. Um, but it's on the 13th of April, I think. And everything, well, not everything, but, you know, non-essential shopping and stuff is open on the 12th of April. And it's just like, damn, like Ramadan really is a day after that. So that's a bit of a shock. <laughs> but I mean, we're not surprised at this point. Um, but it's okay, I guess. Um, but yeah, I am so excited for Ramadan. Um, last year, what we did for Ramadan was we actually decorated the house for the first time in our lives. We we don't normally decorate the house. Um, I don't know, it's just never been a thing in our family or in our like relatives or anything like that um and I don't know why but we just felt the need to do it last year because we were like oh you know what it's lockdown and you know we're not gonna really have many people come over and you know I guess it's gonna be a very quiet affair this year and then on top of that like a lot of other people were doing it on TikTok so it kind of inspired us and we were like oh okay why not so I went out to home bargains bought like a few supplies but then the majority of it we made at home ourselves and including the banner as well and yeah so we decorated one of the rooms especially 
Um, and we changed it into a prayer room and it was absolutely amazing. Like I'm telling you guys now, if you're thinking about decorating for Ramadan or for Eid even, oh, you know, you might just be wanting to look into the idea. Please, please do. Like it is just, it changes this, the whole atmosphere so much i can now see why people decorate the houses at christmas because it's so much fun first of all decorating and doing the whole stuff and then second of all every time you go into it you get that kind of like i don't know cozy feeling you get that feeling oh yeah like it's ramadan you know and uh, this many fasts to go and you know it's just it's only once a year so you know why not go out for it and we did um secret ed as well last year which was so much fun fun I still I remind me I need to like put names in a hat and do that and stuff like that it's just such a headache because there's only five of us in our family me my two little brothers and my mum and dad and because we're very tight-knit as well and obviously because of lockdown and coronavirus we're always pretty much at home um it's so hard to like buy things for people keep it a secret keep it a secret of who you've got as well because a lot of us just can't like control it we cannot keep it in ourselves so um that's a bit difficult but um yeah we we get by but definitely do secret ed as well it is so much fun it just annoys me when you have a budget and you say oh this is the budget and you know people still step out of the budget i don't like that type of stuff um but you know it's okay i mean each their own i guess so yeah i mean that was a bit of a pre-ramble today wasn't it um but I basically wanted to talk about something that happened to me very recently and it really opened my eyes up about human, well, human contact and connection really. Um, And it made me realise just how lonely a lot of people are in in today's society. Um, So as you guys probably know, we are living in an ageing population and, you know, the majority of people are living to a very, you know, old age. Um, But however, what that means is that the people who are living to old age, the elderly specifically, um, they are very lonely now because the majority of the children probably have moved out or, you know, living on their own and these people are left themselves essentially. And sometimes when you're going around doing your daily, you know, everyday stuff, you might not realise that. You might not, not necessarily realize that but you probably don't pay much attention to it because at the end of the day that's just someone who's normal walking down the street and um I feel like I mean I work at a hospice I I volunteer at a hospice so I have seen it quite first-hand basis from a lot of the times um the place where I work at for some reason the geographical distribution of the customers uh, that come into the store the majority of them are the elderly and you know uh, middle-aged um you know families and it, it it's not something that I'm not you know not aware of it's something that I have been exposed to uh, on a regular basis because like I said you know work is the majority of people at work they are you know old uh, customers so we do see that but I feel like you're gonna have one or two certain experiences in life that really do open your eyes up and they kind of leave a mark on you and leave an impact on you and that is where you know you just essentially remember it for a long time so um what happened to me was I basically was at work last week and I you know I mean come on let's be honest work is work there's good days and there's bad days and some days where you just don't feel like you know going in And that was one of the days, like, I just 
not necessarily couldn't be bothered because I'd been up since like I don't know how long I think I'd been up since nine o'clock done some work um and then I went for a run then I went shopping and then I came home got changed and went to work and um I was working till 10 o'clock that night but the thought of having to go to work I was just like oh I just I just don't want to go to work today that's what I thought I thought oh I can't I can't do it today like you know I am tired already and I just you know I'm I wasn't really feeling up to it so I was at work and um this man comes to my till now I've seen him around once or twice but um I've never spoken to him and he was he was very very old by the way I'm talking about 80 years old perhaps and he had an empty trolley and so he comes to my till and he says to me you know I I need some help and I'm like yeah is everything okay and he's like he's just been to the kiosk um and the man at the kiosk, he he wanted basically, he wanted an e-voucher, an e-top-up. You know, the ones like, you know, you, you, you top up, you put the money in yourself and, you know, it puts like credit to your phone. And he wanted one of them, but the person working at the kiosk didn't know how to do it and said there's no one in the store that knows how to do it. So I was like, oh no, that's not true. Like, we can all do it. In fact, it's on the tills right now. I can do one for you right now. <coughs> Sorry. And um, he was like, yeah, please, please, could you do that? That'd be absolutely amazing. Thank you so much. So I'm like, yeah, sure. So I do it for him. He pays me. And he's like, oh, that's so nice. Thank you so much. And he's absolutely like, he's just so humble and he's just so appreciative of what I've done. And I'm just literally like, it's okay. It's fine. You know, like, it's my job essentially. Um, But I, I absolutely loved it. We had a bit of a chat and then he goes and sits down on a bench. And I don't, I don't, I didn't see that at the point. Like I just, you know, smiled and, you know, waved and that was it and I just carried on saving customers and then from like my peripheral vision I saw him sat down I thought oh he's been there for quite a long time he'd been there for essentially since when I'd served him it'd been about a good 20 minutes and I thought to myself oh he's still there so I asked him if everything's okay and he was like I'm not sure how to check the balance on my phone so I was like oh okay this is a bit confusing so at this point when this happens um I've got obviously a list uh, like a sorry not a list uh, I've got a queue of customers and I think to myself how do I get off the till help him because there was like there's no way I'm letting him go home confused and you know he doesn't understand and essentially that's money gone to waste that he's just paid but then at the same time I've got to serve these customers so a friend of mine jumped onto the till and um obviously she works there <laughs> and she served the customers whilst I helped him so I sat down with him and you know with his phone we basically did the whole thing it was quite complicated I'm not going to lie it was a very complicated system and he's just being so apologetic he's like I'm so sorry I'm so sorry you're having to go through this and I was like listen it's absolutely fine like this is my job essentially I'm helping you it's okay like there's no problem but at that time, well, not at that time, I didn't realise at the time, but afterwards, obviously thinking back on the situation, I realised that the reason why he was feeling so apologetic was because he felt as if he was a burden because, you know, he couldn't do it himself and I was having to take time out and, you know, help him. And I thought to myself, that's absolutely awful because it's not his fault that he doesn't know how to do it. But then at the same time, he should be able, he should be allowed to ask for help. But even though he has asked for help and I am helping him, he still feels bad. And I thought to myself that that's really awful because we we all do it. I know, for example, myself, I am that type of person where if I'm, if I need help from a lecturer or from a friend or anything, and you know, let's just say for example, a lecturer and I'm emailing back and forth constantly, I feel bad. I feel like a really bad person for doing that, even though there's nothing wrong with that because essentially that is the, the relationship you have. Like it is a work relationship and you help each other out. And I would still feel bad about it. So um, that's a bit confusing in that sense. 
But I, I didn't, obviously, I, I felt like as if it was somehow worse for him because he felt as if, you know, he was being a bit of a burden. And I just literally said to him, I was like, no, that's not the case. Like, you're totally fine. It's all right. I will help you. And I was just absolutely being really nice to him. And anyway, so we got it done. And he says to me, you're absolutely, like, you're the nicest person ever. You're so nice. Like, I've literally, I'm going to come in here and, you know, I'll see you again type of stuff. And as I'm getting up, he says to me, do you know, I'm a millionaire. And I sat there and I was like, oh my God, as if this literally sounds like something from a movie or like some of those YouTube scenario videos. I was like, right, are you really a millionaire? (laughs) I'm not going to lie to you guys. That's what I thought in my head. I thought, hmm, on a scale of one to 10, how true is that? (laughs) Um, And I'm like, oh, right, right. He goes, no, no, I'm actually a millionaire. I worked for myself for 50 years I started as a salesman and I had my own business and I worked non-stop 50 years for myself and when I left my job I had I want to say he said 37 million pounds but I don't know if the number was 37 all I know is it ended in a million um and he was like I had that much money in my bank I have standalone houses in the middle of Manchester I have apartments and um, apartments and flats that I, I literally you know let out to people and I've had it all paid off like it's all paid off it's all there but then at the end of the day I don't have anyone to show me how to do little things like this and when he said that I just looked at him essentially inside it felt as if like my heart broke like the thought of being in that position having so much money to yourself and you know being that old and fragile essentially and then having to feel so helpless as well but essentially you've got what everyone wants you've got the money you've got you know assets you've got everything but you don't have everything and I just sat then I thought oh well I was stood up stood up not sat down but I thought oh my god like that is just so it was just so sad and I said to him it's fine like you can come in whenever you need anything whenever you need any help just come and look for me and I'll help you but you know we're here we're always here and my supervisor was here at this point as well you know and he knows the gentleman and he was like oh yeah yeah I know that it's just that you know I don't have anyone to help me at home with all this type of stuff and I just thought that is really really sad and of course I didn't want to pry into his like personal life and be like oh well why is that the case no like I didn't I didn't think that was you know appropriate at all so I just you know I empathized with him and I I, I understood his concerns but afterwards um what he did was he well, I went back on my till and he comes round and he he buys a box of forever rushes and he goes to my friend's till opposite me and he says oh they're for her like you know pointing towards me and she goes oh my god really he goes yeah well ideally I want a date with her <laughs> but I'm assuming these chocolates will have to do and he's just laughing he's like oh I'm kidding I'm kidding and I'm just laughing and honestly it was our little gesture that absolutely touched my heart because I was like no one has ever done that for me I was like no one has ever gone out of their way to buy me chocolates and you know like as a thank you like no that's never happened and I just sat there and I thought to myself like I I literally was gonna cry guys like I was just like getting emotional like teary-eyed and I was like oh my god <laughs> literally and all the customers were just like oh this is so cute and I said to him I said his name was Ernest and I said I, I can't take these off you you know you're not actually allowed to take presents off customers 
and then my supervisor came along my manager came along and they spoke to him and he was like she's been absolutely amazing she's helped me da, 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 da. and then you know my manager was like oh that's fine like you know all right well done you know good for you type of thing and you know I had the chocolates but I was so so not even the fact that it was chocolates it could have been anything it could have been a card and I would have still have had the same reaction because it just touched me so much because I know I in a way I touched him as well like you know emotionally it, it was a very it when I'm retelling the story now it doesn't exactly feel like something that was you know I don't know out of the world but genuinely that it happened last week and it still stayed with me and I don't think it's going to go for a while because it just literally touched my heart so much and it made me realize I mean you know not just from work not just from volunteering in general we are such a lonely society right now we're such a lonely generation um and it's funny because I personally think that the elder generation, the older generation or, you know, um, the the pre-millennial generation, whatever you want to call them, they probably look at us and think, oh my God, like these, these people are so like, you know, social media addicts. They are literally talking to each other 24-7. It's so easy for them to come in contact, etc, etc. But I don't know about everyone else, but I know for sure for me, personally, I look at our generation and I think to myself, we've literally lost human contact. I literally look at us and think to myself, it is so hard to have a conversation with people nowadays. Um, I personally suffer from overthinking really, really badly. Like, at first, I just thought it's a general thing that everyone suffers from, but it's got to a point now where I will literally overthink every little thing and I've been told that therapy can help with that um but I'm not really sure if that's me you know then I keep telling myself oh well you know probably it's not that deep like I'm a girl I'm 20 I probably do a lot of overthinking um but it's got to a point now where if I'm having a conversation with someone or if I'm just literally speaking to someone or anything like that um I can't really I don't understand like I can't understand messages, if that makes sense. So, for example, if I'm, like, you know, messaging someone or whatever, and I will overthink every little message, and then afterwards I'll look back at that conversation and be like, hmm, but those replies were quite dead, or they were quite short, or, oh, my God, that was after three whole hours. And I think to myself, that that's the type of stuff that really hurts me. And if you think about it, it's really not that deep, but for me it is. And I thought to myself, like, oh, it's so annoying that we have to deal with this type of stuff as a generation. We've brought that on ourselves, essentially. But even though we have so many multiple ways of getting in contact with each other, so many ways to meet with each other, everything, everything's essentially online nowadays. Even though all of that is in place, loneliness is a real thing. And I feel like loneliness is different for different people. So loneliness for our generation is that thing of you can have like the whereabouts of everyone you it literally takes you a minute to pull out your phone and send a message not even a minute probably 30 seconds yet there's so many things that are stopping us from doing that and then let's just say you do send that message and you are talking to you know whoever it is your friend your significant other it could be anyone a really long lost friend that that feeling of talking to someone online or you know whatever or your phone it's just not the same as talking to someone face to face and I feel like when you're face to face you can really gauge their opinions you can really gauge their facial expressions you can gauge their tone but you know through messages and through online stuff it's just not the same and 
I know a lot of people, we will spend a long time overthinking it and contemplating it and, you know, analysing every little thing that was sent, even something as significantly small as an emoji. Um, but we do that. We, we spend so much time overthinking and just, you know, going crazy about it. I know that I have this very, very bad habit of doing that. Um, and what it reminded me of, well, what, what it reminded me of was the fact that um, I was basically recently doing a course as well and they were talking about, you know, phone consultations. Um, because of COVID-19, there's not much face-to-face contact in, you know, GPs, in surgeries and stuff like that. Um, you know, essentially the doctor does not have much face-to-face contact with the patients anymore just because of COVID-19. The majority of consultations are over the phone now. And a lot of doctors complained about the fact that it's so, so hard to show empathy over the phone. And it's so hard equally to grasp the opportunities of empathy from the phone so for example it's really hard to basically you know gauge the other the patient's um you know condition emotional state whether they need empathizing with you know whether they are trying to you know show sign of like you know i need to talk or whatever it can be the doctor's saying that it's very very difficult to be doing that right now in covid19 and if you think about it perhaps in covid19 our mental health has deteriorated even more than it has ever done so that empathy and that consultation is really heavily required but you've got that barrier that physical barrier of hey i can't see your face and you can't see mine and i can't really see the facial expressions and the tone what you are basically relying on now is the tone of your voice and you know cues to pick up on here and there non-verbal cues and I know that it's not really comparable as an example because that is very important you're essentially saving someone's life you're helping them treating their conditions you know you're essentially in the medical aspect in the medical field but for some reason, I felt that. I really did. I really resonated that on an under deep level because as a person myself, I really, really struggle with um, reading signals. I really struggle with, um, you know, like interactions which are not face to face basically um if someone's in front of me and then afterwards maybe if i'm talking to them I, I can sense a different type of you know energy over the phone so it could be with friends you know some friends i'll meet them and you know they're just so amazed like hyper and that and then when you message them and it's just so dead like the conversation and i'm like i have to remind myself that's not who they are that is literally just the way the message but sometimes it's so hard to convince yourself that when you're an overthinker and it just leaves you in this this bow of like constant overthinking, contemplation, over analysis of everything. And it made me realise that all that time that we spend doing that essentially is wasted time. It's time that we're never going to get back. It's lost time. And then it whole, it's like a cyclical thing basically where you've lost this time trying to figure out what this person was saying, but you, in actual sense, you could have been using that time to spend more with them. And yeah, I just find it so strange the fact that we are so lonely nowadays in different ways. So this generation you know we're lonely in the fact that we are so easily accessible to everyone we can literally you know I can put my phone up and see what you know such such is doing right now as we speak but then at the same time we're very very lonely and then you've got the elderly generation who are lonely because they do not have any human contact for the majority of them what I mean is like you know they, they live on their own um you know they do their own shopping they don't really go out much and you know that is a different type of lonely to the lonely that we're basically feeling um so it, it's just so insane how things are measured differently basically it's really sad as well to a certain extent but 
I mean, I feel like in coronavirus as well, it's kind of made it worse. So worse is in the sense of a lot of people at home. They The one thing I would hear constantly at work from customers, especially the older customers when, you know, shielding was a thing, um, was I'm sick of being at home. I needed to get out of the house. I needed to see people. I needed to talk to other people. I haven't heard my own voice in a few days, a few weeks. You know, I needed to just go out and get some fresh air. I just needed to see what, you know, was happening in life again. And I realised that for a lot of people, the highlight of their day would be to go shopping or to go do the groceries. And they would do it without fail every day. But then to be told, oh, hey, you can't even do that because of your age and your shielding. It's like the final breaking point. And a lot of people were not okay with that. A lot of old people were like, no, that's not on because that is literally the one thing I have and you're taking that away from me too. Um, And yeah, it just it's just so scary. I feel like personally, we've got so much that we could learn from the elder generation and equally they could learn as well from us because times have changed, you know, opinions have changed, people have changed. But it's that thing of that connection, that bridge between the elderly generation and the adolescent generation, us. It's like a bridge that's, in my head, I feel like it's it's that thing of where it's, there's a bridge coming from their side and a bridge coming from our side, but they never fully meet in the middle. Um, and so what that means is we're forever just going to be this way. <laughs> but um, I don't know, does that make sense? I feel like I'm making sense to myself, but I don't know if you guys think the same. If you do, please let me know. Uh, you can always contact me on uh, the word affairs podcast at gmail.com or you can check me out on my website, the www.thewordaffairs.co.uk. You can send me a little um, chat over there as well on the contact section. But um, I'd love to get your views and feedback on this because I think that it's, it's um, you hear a lot about it, you know, like Age UK and... And, you know, a lot of these charities are basically saying loneliness is a big thing in the elderly. And it's true. It is so big and it's so prevalent. It's so heavy. Um, And I feel like there are so many times you will experience that for yourself, like when you see the elderly generation. But at the same time, I do think that because of mental health issues, because of the way our generation is right now, we are so lonely as well. I think there are two different types of loneliness, like I said, but nonetheless, it is still loneliness. Um, And yeah I just I think obviously because of coronavirus it's worse as well but um please do let me know what you think of that um and I I hope you enjoyed that episode for today um please let me know how you liked that Uh, it was a shorter episode than normal but I will be back inshallah with one next week um that is all from me this week and inshallah I will speak to you again